And I don't know. It's like putting it Tonight on a late night fright, we got a movie about an undead son of a bitch that comes back from the dead to have his revenge. Drive Angry with Nicolas Cage. Please be Drive Angry with Nicolas Cage. I love that movie. That movie is awesome, but no, it's Friday the 13th part. Four, five, part six. Jason lives. Can you dig it? Take it away, Boris. Baba Baba Booba. Welcome, misfits, miscreants, spooks, specters, astral beings from Dimension X, alien envoys from galaxies near and far, and boogers from around the world. You are listening to the Late Night Fright here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan, and with me as always is my slasher queen co-host from the seventh level of hell, direct from the seventh level of hell, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Faith, this is a special edition of the Late Night Fright, isn't it? It is. We are back on Friday. We started the show on Fridays. We moved it to Wednesdays, but this is a special edition. We are back on Fridays. Why? Because it's Friday the 13th. Happy Friday the 13th, Faith. Happy Friday the 13th to you, too. It just so happened we wanted to do a Friday show, and here it was, a Friday the 13th. No, we kid. (laughs) So let's see. In honor of this Friday the 13th, we have been doing some special things around the studio. Tell them what we've been doing, Faith. You know, walking under ladders, breaking mirrors, letting black cats walk in front of us. The usual. Yeah, it's just usual for us. Mm -hmm. But it's Friday the 13th, so it's more special, more awesome, more bad luck. Do you believe in the Friday the 13th curse? Mm. Eh, Not really. Not really. Uh, Not really, no. My family tends to, but hmm, I don't. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, in honor of this Friday the 13th, we watched a very special movie. This is a heartwarming family film. Faith, tell them what movie we watched. Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives. Don't you think that title would be more effective if there was an exclamation mark after that? Possibly. Like... You want to give it a try? Sure. Go ahead. Give it a try. Like Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives. Jason Lives. Like, <laughs> For it, it's so triumphant, you know? Yes. Jason Lives. Yes. Jason Lives. <laughs> so this one might be my favorite of the franchise. And this one is also always consistently voted towards the top of the favorite Friday the 13th movies, always with part four of the final chapter. What do you think of Jason Lives, or should I say Jason Lives? <laughs> uh, I, I liked it a lot. I actually hadn't seen this one, and um, it's, it's pretty exciting. I liked it. I think it's one of the best that I've seen in the franchise. I love this movie. As former President Bill Clinton would say, I love this movie. <laughs> I love this movie. Oh, this boy. one's got it all. A resurrected Jason. 
lightning, murder, atmosphere, horror, naked girls, tension, and more than a little bit of that universal monster mojo. I think it does have that universal monster mojo. It does, and I had no idea that I was doing the show with Bill Clinton tonight. <laughs> Neither did I. Neither did I. You know, there's a there's a big question that we have to ask. We've been asking this question on the show recently. Does this movie appease the Lords of Horror? Because you know about the Lords of Horror. I do know about them. We yeah. intro- we introduced the idea of the Lords of Horror in our episode on the descent. Faith, tell them that episode is available wherever podcasts can be found. Faith, you're shameless. That was a shameless plug for our show. I have no shame. But we brought this idea to true fruition. You like that word? Fruition? Fruition. We brought it to true fruition in our Friday the 13th episode that we did. Faith, that episode, if I'm not mistaken, is... Available wherever podcasts can be found. It is indeed available wherever podcasts are found. They demand sacrifice, these lords of horror. They have a thirst for blood. Does this movie quench that thirst? That is the question that we are going to endeavor to answer after we talk about it. We're going to take a quick break. But when we get back, we are talking about the all-time number one feel-good, family-friendly movie of all time. Friday the 13th part. One, two, three, four. Part six. Jason lives. There you go. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we will see you on the other side. Machete by Voorhees. Available now at fine fragrance stores in Cozy Corner and around the world. Machete. Machete by Voorhees. A unique blend of rotten earth, murky water, and dead teenagers. Machete. You smell killer. You have no idea how right you are. Machete by Voorhees, available now. Machete. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we want to let you know that we are on the World Wide Web. That's the interwebs, isn't it, Faith? That's what I like to call it, the interweb. www.latenightfright.com. And we are also on the gram. We are. You can check us out at the Late Night Fright Podcast. Or you can also follow my personal page, I'm a Normal Alien. You're not exactly normal, but that's okay. (laughs) Uh, Check out the website. You can subscribe to our mailing list. And if you like the show, please give us a review and subscribe and all that good stuff. You know us. We're available wherever podcasts can be found. You got that right. We'll see you on the other side. This is your president, Donald Trump. And when I'm up at 3 o'clock in the morning, squeezing out a sideways turd on my solid gold toilet in the White House, I'm doing one of two things. I'm either tweeting or I'm playing with this great app called GarageBand. Listen to these beats. They're awesome, fantastic, they're terrific. You're going to love it. Those beats are so funky because they're American beats.
My beats are the greatest. They're terrific, fantastic. You're gonna love them. Melania dances to them every morning when I'm making them, squeezing out that sideways turd on the gold toilet in the White House. Join me for Donald's Garage Band, only on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio, right here in America. Welcome back, misfits and miscreants and boogers from around the world. You're listening to the Late Night Fright here on WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. We have a good one tonight, don't we? We do. We have, We. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say we have a great one tonight. We said it before. Faith, tell them again, what movie are we talking about tonight? Friday the 13th part 6 Jason lives Jason lives <laughs> from now on it is it has the exclamation mark yes. after it let's give a little history on this this movie came out August 1st 1986 it was written and directed by Tom McLaughlin it stars people you've never heard of <laughs> Tom Matthews as Tommy Jarvis, Jennifer Cook as Megan Garris, David Kagan as Sheriff Mike Garris, Carrie Noonan as Paula, Renee Jones as Sissy Baker, Tom Fridley as Court, Darcy DeMoss as Nikki, Nancy McLaughlin as Elizabeth, Tony Goldwyn. Now, yeah, I have heard of Tony Goldwyn. He is very popular. He was on the TV show Scandal. He was in the movie Ghost. So I was a little premature saying people you've never heard of, but he's one of those guys you might recognize more than... Yeah, his name doesn't ring bells to me. Well, there you go. And uh, (laughs) he's not in the movie a long time. (laughs) Uh, Tony Goldwyn plays Darren. Uh, C.J. Graham and Dan Bradley appear in this movie as Jason Voorhees, with C.J. Graham doing the most of it because Dan Bradley was replaced, I believe, very early. He shot one scene, the survival scene in the jungle jungle in the woods with the paint balls and they got someone else but they do both appear in this movie as jason Voorhees. so jason lives fans were a little upset with the fifth part of the friday franchise jason Voorhees was killed in part four the final chapter he wasn't really killed was he faith no uh, and let's see he was not the villain in part five Paramount planned on doing a new trilogy of films with a new killer. He appeared in dream sequences, but was not the real-world killer. Fearing that they would lose the franchise, producer Frank Mancuso Jr. hired writer-director Tom McLaughlin to make a new Friday film with one caveat. You like that word? I do. Caveat? Yeah. Jason had to be the villain. McLaughlin decided to go the universal monster movie route, borrowing heavily from 1931's Frankenstein and Dracula. Both are movies we have done on the show and are now available wherever podcasts are found. And he brought back Jason Voorhees for what I think is maybe his best romp and a frighteningly good time at the movies. That was Seal out there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here with a brief synopsis of the movie is Deputy FBI Director Gordon Cole, right here from the home office in Coisy, 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 in Coisy Corner. You don't even know where we are anymore. In Cozy Corner. Gordon, how are you doing and what do you have for us? Hello, Dan and Faith. Deputy FBI Director Gordon Cole here with a synopsis of the movie. But first, a weather update. 
It is currently 75 degrees here in Cozy Corner. It is dark, so I cannot tell if there are clouds out, but the moon is indeed visible. This is a great night for staying inside with some coffee and cherry pie. I currently do not have any cherry pie, but a fellow agent did bring in some fine peach cobbler that his wife made. I have paired it with some vanilla ice cream, and it is truly uplifting to my soul. Now on with the synopsis. Bonehead teenager Tommy Jarvis brings Horshack from Welcome Back Cotter with him to the cemetery where Jason Voorhees is buried. Why he does this, I do not know, but the unintended consequences are deadly. In a scene right out of a horror movie, wait, this is a horror movie, lightning brings Jason back to life. The newly resurrected Jason kills Horshack. Apparently, he's not a fan of Welcome Back Cotter and proceeds to go on a murderous rampage through his old stomping grounds. This is what we in law enforcement call recidivism. Now it's up to Tommy to put the genie back in the bottle. This is a fine, fine, fine movie. Truly epic. So epic, in fact, I'm going to write an epic poem about it. I'll have that poem for you at the end of the episode. Back to you, Dan and Faith. Thank you, Gordon and Faith. Once again, I am very glad I took my headphones off when he called in. He is a little hard of hearing and is known to yell, but we love him just the same. That was a great synopsis. Thank you for that, Gordon. Faith, what are your thoughts on this fine, fine, fine movie, as Gordon called it? (laughs) I enjoyed this movie a lot. I think more than I actually thought I would. Um, I like the blend of humor and the intensity it has to it, and it's pretty fun to watch. It's a really fun watch. That's the most important thing. And this series, to me, uh, the Friday the 13th movies, you always know what you're going to get. And they, for the most part, with very few exceptions, have a consistent level of quality. If you watch... One, two, three, and four. They're they're the quality levels about the same. Five, the fans. You know, that's not a fan favorite. Right. You know, he's not really in it, and uh, but it's still kind of in the same vein as far as the quality goes. You know, some of the other ones then can be hit and miss, but there there is a consistent level to to what this is. This one is a notch above. This is just so much fun. I like it's, the story of it. It's- a fun little story the way they went with it. I like it. it. Uh, to borrow a phrase that you like to use here a lot, it just pulls you right in. Mm-hmm. It it starts off with that really great Universal movies vibe. I could have seen that beginning being in black and white, mm-hmm. and it it starts off in the graveyard. There's such great humor in that scene, and the thing about this movie, it's Scream a few years early. Because yeah. there's some self-referential humor to the rest of the series here. and But it doesn't go meta. It doesn't go in the parody mode. But it is acknowledging the fact that it is a Friday the 13th movie. This is also the first appearance of Supernatural Jason. Uh, he was a normal, for the most part, <laughs> normal human. At least he was a you know, yeah, I mean, mortal. I don't know word you can associate with him. I don't know. <laughs> he was at least a mortal human in the other films but here he uh here he becomes yeah supernatural jason what did you think of the universal monster vibe and did you catch that immediately i did catch it immediately i got the frankenstein thing they had going on and i think it works 
very well. I think that's a big part why I enjoyed this movie. As a fan of the Universal Monster movies, and I've said it here on the show several times before, uh, those were my gateways into the horror genre. And still to this day, those are some of my very favorite movies that have ever been made, and they're very near and dear to my heart. This it just kind of oozes out of this. It's it's all over this movie, and that is very attractive to me. The the graveyard scene, the mm-hmm. the the creepy, crawly, dusty vibe. This movie really could have been like a black and white, you know, Karloff yeah. movie, and it just fires on all cylinders for me. I never was bored watching this movie. What do you think about the humor aspect of this film? Because I think it's a very important uh, key element to mm-hmm. it. I agree. I think that you know. A lot of movies, they try to add this humor into these slasher films, and it just, it gets cheesy or, you know, kind of weird. But I think it works here. I like it. I think it was needed. Absolutely. I heard uh, John Landis, who directed Animal House and the Blues Brothers and also directed An American Werewolf in London, and that's a movie that we're going to get to eventually on this show. We have so many on that list, don't we? So (laughs) many on the list and so little time. But uh, John Landis gave an interview on a Nightmare on Elm Street box set. And if you're listening, you might be able to hear sirens in the background as Cozy Corner's finest going to take care of business. But uh, anyway, John Landis was giving an interview in regards to the Elm Street series. And he said, anytime you have a series it gets to, when it starts getting to like that part four and five, it can descend into parody. I don't feel having just recently rewatched those first six or seven Friday the 13th movies. I don't know that the thing descended into parody. It definitely had a formula that it was sticking to. This doesn't feel like parody. This, this is, Mm-mm. and it's not out and out comedy or, or, you know, making you, you know, bust a gut, even though right. Jason's ripping guts <laughs> out in this movie. But there is a level of humor in this movie. Um, one of my favorite little moments was the kids at the camp. And they're getting ready to hide under the beds, and they think that Jason's going to kill them all. And one kid looks at the other and goes, well, what did you want to be when you grew up? And he goes, you know, well, now we're dead meat. You know? And that little that little level right there, I think, is really fun. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, now we'll say this about the kills. I don't know what this says about me or the filmmakers. I don't know if this is, you know, puts who it puts in a worse light. But um, I was laughing at some of these kills. I was too. <laughs> how did how did you feel about some of these kills? Oh, well, I'm going with you. I was laughing at most of them. <laughs> and we're going to go into detail. We're going to detail every single kill in this movie when we do our Lords of Horror segment. Um, it it just you can tell they were having such a good time making this movie. And we talked about this with Friday the Thirteenth that that movie strikes a tone very early and it keeps that tone throughout the movie. This is a movie that strikes a tone very early and it sustains that tone throughout the entire movie. You know, we're saying it's funny. I, I wouldn't definitely not classify it under comedy. It no. just, it has a, for lack of a better word, a lightheartedness to it with, especially considering what's going on in this movie. Right. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't take itself too seriously. And I think it's all the better for mm-hmm. it. Like, what do you think about that assessment of the movie? I completely agree with you. I think, I think you can't go into this movie thinking that it's deeper than it is. And I think it 
I think it flows good being, like you said, lighthearted like this. I think it works. My biggest criticism of the movie has nothing to do with the movie. It has to do with me, and I watched it by myself, and I wish that we had watched it together <laughs> because I know we would have been just giggling and laughing and having a great time, and I would love to see this movie with an audience. I would yeah. love to sit in a theater or or be, you know, have access like seeing mm-hmm. people watching this movie because it's such a, a a trip. It's such a fun little trip. And as we said, it introduces the notion of supernatural Jason. He makes his first appearance here and he remains supernatural Jason throughout the rest of the uh, run of the films through Freddy versus Jason. That is retconned, I believe in the remake from 2009. But uh, what do you think of supernatural Jason? I like him. I don't know. I think uh, I think it works. I think the supernatural element takes it next level. I really mm-hmm. do. I, I love seeing that character come out of the grave. Mm-hmm. I love the design of him when he's in that grave with the maggots on him. I love the lightning, you know, bringing him back to yes. life. That great nod to Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're we're talking about the universal, you know, nods in this movie, and that is definitely right there at the beginning. It looks like something out of 1931's Frankenstein, and we have done an episode on that, as we (laughs) mentioned, and it is available wherever podcasts are found. That was shameless. That was (laughs) shameless. I have a problem. I mean... I don't blame you for it. I don't. I don't either. Uh, in fact, our entire back catalog is available wherever podcasts are found, and we're quite proud of our back catalog. Yeah, we are. And we uh, we would love for you to check out all of those episodes if you have not done so already. And let me go ahead and say, if you're new to the show, welcome. Should have done that at the beginning, <laughs> but you know, we were just so excited about talking about Jason lives. Jason lives. <laughs> So let's talk about uh, some of the things here in the movie. Uh, Let me ask you this question. Tommy Jarvis, who first appears in Friday Part 4, the final chapter, he shows back up here. Jason has been dead and buried, and he wants to go and uh, burn the body or something along these lines, make sure he's really dead, even though it's been quiet around these parts for... (laughs) For years and years, and he is the architect of all of this mayhem that ensues by trying to go and uh, burn Jason's body, even though he does not pose a threat when the movie begins and thus begins Supernatural Jason. Let me ask this question to you. Is Tommy Jarvis the dickhead that I think him to be? I have it right here in my notes that Tommy Jarvis is a dickhead, and none of this would have happened if he had just left Jason alone. Right. <laughs> so is Tommy Jarvis the dickhead I believe him to be? Yes. <laughs> yes, he is. Thank you for agreeing with me on that. You're I, Yeah, he's to me, he's not a very likable character, even though <laughs> he is your protagonist. And I, I, have, I question some of the things that he does in this movie. And his attitudes. Now, it is kind of funny, though, him bringing him back to life because some of my favorite stuff in this movie is the uh, him going to get the supernatural books. Let me ask this question, too, because there's a scene where he gets out of the jail and then he goes to get his supplies. And I get the impression that he goes and he buys these occult books about, you know, putting the dead back in the earth. You know, <laughs> where did he get those books? No clue. Where do those books come from? <laughs> no clue. You know, Bill Clinton, we did Bill Clinton earlier, maybe uh, George W., you know, oh, that's a mystery, I don't know. It's a good thing he didn't come down to Texas. We would have knocked him down. <laughs> I like Supernatural Jason. He's bigger than other Jason. It's like here in Texas, we do it bigger. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> 
Uh, we digress. We're having fun. It's Friday the 13th. You got to have fun. Um, so, yes, we, we are in agreement that Tommy Jarvis is indeed a dickhead. Now, uh, what did you think of the end of this movie? We're going to talk a little bit about the end of the movie, but how Jason is dispatched at the end of this movie. I liked it. That's one of my, one of my favorite parts. Wasn't that of great? The whole yeah. Movie. Like, well, we're going to tie a rock around him, but that's not going to work quite. And then we're going to, you know, we're going to uh, fillet his ass <laughs> with a with a boat propeller, which right. I thought was great, you know. Um, I think Jason, the look of Jason in this movie, the way that he moves, the way that he mm-hmm. kills, this is my favorite incarnation of Jason, maybe next to uh, Freddy versus Jason, because I think they did such a good job with Jason in that movie. And they were drawing a lot of heavy inspiration from this movie, I think. Right. Um, what did you think of Jason in this movie? Because um, he he wasn't lumbering. He mm-hmm. was quick. He he wasn't plotting, but he was very methodical, it, it felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I agree pretty much what you said. I love the way he moved around. I love the way he was just kind of towering over I felt like you know he was kind of this um what, what am I looking for he was a presence yes, in the there, movie yeah. he was a he was he was a villainous presence yeah. in this movie and we're going to go ahead and let this out of the bag we are going to be doing at some point a commentary episode on the movie that follows us Friday the 13th part 7 the new blood and we both watched this movie today. And if you want to see an example of a movie that does everything differently from this one, watch that one. Because Jason doesn't have that presence in that movie that he does in this. He feels very much a part of the story. That's mm-hmm. the big thing. The story is centered around Jason. It's not, hey, we're going to open the camp again for the 80th time, right. you know, and, oh, here comes, you know, here comes the killings. No. The story is really centered around right. him, and his presence in the movie is felt even when he's not on screen, and that is classic villain right there. And they don't do a thing with the point of view, you know, where where you don't know who it is or, you know, they wait to reveal him. No, he's there right at the beginning, and I think the movie is just all the better for it. I think this is really the pinnacle for this yeah, series. This is, this is probably one of my favorites I've seen. I always get them confused, which is which. You know what I mean? There's so many. <laughs> Right. Twelve of them at this 12. point. Twelve. There's 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 twelve at this point and yeah. a possible thirteenth coming. Goodness. Um and I did read that they are possibly developing a new movie. Tom McLaughlin, the guy who did this, I think might possibly be involved. If he is, that is That's a, a great good news. <laughs> and he says he wants Jason to have thirteen kills in that movie. Um one of my favorite things in this movie happened while I was watching it. I watched it right before you did. You were on vacation at the time. And I texted you. I was about 35 minutes into the movie. Or you had texted me like, hey, how's the movie? And I said, oh, it's great. He just, He's killed 10 people 30 minutes in. And right then he got another. No, I, no, I think it started like, okay, he has three. Make that five. <laughs> or Is like, that what it was? It was like right as I feel like as you hit play. <laughs> I was live texting the uh, I was live texting the kills. Yeah. Like he's at three. Okay, make it six. But my, oh but my, my favorite was, and then you—that's ch- what it was. And then you checked in a little later. Hey, how, what's the kill count? I was like, oh, we're at ten. How far into the movie are you? About thirty-two minutes. <laughs> Wait, it's twelve, <laughs> and it's so much fun. And like I said, I enjoyed watching the kills. It, yeah. it—they were so fun and creative, and the special effects work is great. And they're not meant to be taken seriously mm. at all. And you could tell Tom McLaughlin and all of his guys were having a great time just a great time doing this and 
as I said on the Friday the 13th episode that we did, the world is a better place for having Jason Voorhees in it. I'm so mm-hmm. glad that we've all gotten to know him. Um, before I ask this final question, I just want to say uh, the love to the detail of the Universal Horror Movies. The Karloff's General Store that is in this movie, the general store is named after Boris Karloff. The, as we said, the Frankenstein Cemetery. It's all so wonderful. And, and so did you get the idea like the little homages like that were done with love? Yeah. Like it felt like just coming yeah, from a... Yeah, it didn't a, feel like any type of like ripoff thing or like, you know, let's... Try, I don't know. But yeah, I get yeah. that. Do you feel that this movie puts Jason in that classic pantheon of monsters? Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about Frankenstein and those and Dracula and Wolfman. I yeah. think this is the one that really puts him into that... that you know, really puts him into that genre, yeah. you know, with those, with the Hall of Famers and such a good movie. It really is. Such a good movie. Especially when you watch Seven. Exactly. No offense. Because Seven anyone. is not a very good movie. It's always kind of voted toward the end of the bottom of the list. And I think rightfully so. It's just not very good. And it makes this movie look all that better, you know, in exactly. comparison. <laughs> so before we go to break, let me ask you a question, Faith. Why don't they just leave Jason alone? I have no idea. <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. Are you are you on his side? I and mean, he seems like a very introverted guy that just wants to be left right. alone, you know? Just leave him alone. But they keep, you know, bringing him back. You know, um, one of the great things, too, the little tongue-in-cheek humor, the uh, groundskeeper looking right at the camera and saying, why'd they have to go and dig up Jason again? Some people have a strange sense of humor, you know? why they have to dig him up? He, he wasn't bothering anybody. Exactly. You know, I realized I was getting older and possibly more mature. It's debatable when I started siding with the uh, slashers. The slash- when I was like, yeah, those teenagers have it coming. They're so annoying. I- I'm with you. <laughs> They're so annoying. You know, take them all out, Jason. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel that. I feel it. Yeah. It's a great movie. If you haven't seen it, well, please watch it. If you've never seen it, watch it immediately. This is a winner. This is one of my favorite movies we've done here just because it's so fun. It is. It's so ridiculous. You know, I mean, if you're, like I said, if you're going into this thinking it's a deeper movie or anything and it's not fun you're wrong i mean you have to go in thinking it's just a fun slasher movie have a good time with this because all the elements are there this is to me is like really the friday the 13th movie i think it's great so well we're going to take a break but faith when we get back do you know what we're going to do are we going to see if we can appease the horror horror lords? The lords of horror. Of horror. We <laughs> are going to see weird. if we can quench their bloodthirst. We're going to see if this movie makes the cut. We're going to see if we're all going to live to see another day because they demand sacrifice. And we're mm-hmm. going to see if this movie delivers. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we will see you on the other side. Isosceles, disenchanted millennial, hater of capitalism, lover of YouTube videos. WKMF has given me a new show, YouTube Reactions. Who can forget this gem from 2015 when the Force Awakens trailer came out? Chewie, we're home. Oh my God, so happy. I cried.
or what about when the first trailer for Infinity War came out? Dude, seriously? We're the Avengers. I'm Iron Man. Yeah! I'm crying! So join me, Harpo Isosceles, disenchanted millennial, hater of capitalism, lover of YouTube videos for YouTube reactions only here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. Hi, this is former President Bill Clinton, and I love to play the saxophone. I mean, saxophone. All the girls say I got sax appeal. Join me every Wednesday at midnight for Blowing with Bill on WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. Yeah. Madame Hill's Juju Emporium, specializing in amulets, talismans, and spell books. Madame Hill's Juju Emporium, located on Sacred Burial Road next to King's Drive-In Theater. Madame Hill's Juju Emporium, Juju for you, you. Welcome back, all of you misfits and miscreants and boogers from around the world. You're listening to the Late Night Fright here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan. And I am Faith. Faith, you know what time it is, don't you? I do know what time it is. It is time for our sacrifices to the Lords of Horror. The Lords of Horror. That is truly terrifying, Faith. So scary. So if you listen to our Friday the 13th episode, you've heard us do this. We have our good friend Bobby, the host of Afterglow, the show that comes on after Late Night Fright, here in the studio with us. He is going to give the rundown on the kills in this movie. He is going to say what they are guilty of or what their crime is. And Faith and I, we're going to decide whether or not they're guilty, aren't we, Faith? We sure are. Bobby, it's good to see you again. Hey, you guys. Yeah, it is so good to be doing this again. I had a lot of fun doing this. I'm glad to be doing it again. You guys ready to get into it? I'm ready to get into it, Bobby. I'm ready, too. All right. So first up, we got Alan Hawes. Alan Hawes is impaled by the fist of a freshly resurrected Jason. His crime, he dared to step to Jason from behind with a shovel. You come at him from in front, son. Also, he was Horshack on Welcome Back, Cotter, but I'm not factoring that into his crime. So uh, what you guys got on him? Uh, guilty or not guilty? Guilty. I'm going with guilty. Definitely guilty. Next up, we got Darren. Darren was impaled by a spear and thrown. His crime? Daring to step to Jason with a gun. Just don't step to Jason. That seems to be a running theme with these as we get into it. What do you guys think? Guilty. Definitely guilty. Next up, Lizbeth. Impaled through the head with the same metal spear used to kill Darren. Her crime? 
She tried to bribe Jason with money. You don't bribe Jason Voorhees with money. I mean, haven't they seen any of these movies? What do you guys think? Guilty. Definitely guilty. <laughs> Next up, we got Bert. He's a company exec playing paintball. He's thrown by Jason into a tree where he is impaled on a tree branch. His crime, misogyny, general douchebaggery, daring to think he could use a machete in a Jason movie. Everybody knows if there's a big piece of metal shaped like a machete, Jason Voorhees is going to be the one wielding it. Am I right or am I right? You're right. You're definitely right, Bobby. Hey, so what do you guys think about Bert? Guilty, not guilty? Guilty. Definitely guilty. All right, next up, we got the three other paintball playing execs. These guys are killed together by Jason with one fell swoop from his machete, proving that he is both vicious and efficient. I like that kill a whole lot because, you know, he's doing a a public service getting rid of them douchebags out there playing paintball because, let's face it, that's not a real sport, and that is what their crime is indeed, thinking paintball is a real sport. What do you guys think? Guilty. Definitely guilty. Next up, Martin. Martin's throat is slit with glass from his bottle of whiskey. His crime, walking in Jason's woods, singing off-key in public drunkenness. What do you think? Guilty. Guilty. Definitely guilty. Next up, Stephen and Annette. Killed by machete impaling on a motorcycle. This was kind of a twofer, too. Jason is so efficient with that machete. Their crime, daring to even think about making love in Jason's woods. You do not make love in Jason's woods. You don't make love in any horror movie. They must have not seen the movie and know the rules or seen that. Listen to that Scream episode you guys did. I know that one. It's available wherever podcasts are found. Hey, what do you think, guys? Guilty or not guilty? Very guilty. Definitely guilty. Next up, Nikki. Head slammed through the RV bathroom mirror. Her crime, having sex with court, taking a stepdad's RV, bad taste in men and music. Yeah, I know she was listening to Alice Cooper, but that was not one of his more premier tracks. You know what I'm saying? What do you guys think? Faith, guilty, not guilty? Guilty. Definitely guilty. Guys, we are barely halfway through the kill list, okay? So just bear with me here. Next up is Court. He is stabbed through a temple with a Rambo knife while driving an RV. His crime, awful blue jeans, saying, I want to rock, bad driving, wanting to watch Nikki take a dump. No, seriously, I was watching the movie, preparing for this, and she goes, and he goes, what are you doing back there, taking a dump? And she's like, no, I'm not taking a dump. And he's all like, can I watch? Who says that? This guy had to go. I, you know what? I don't, I'm not even waiting for it. I'm calling it guilty right here. You know, if I got any arguments from you guys, no, no, no none. None from me, Bob. Faith, you, you good with that assessment? Uh, I'm, I'm good with that. Next up, we got Sissy. She is pulled out of a window. Okay, now check this out. Jason turns her head all the way around on her body. Oh, think about it. He just, he just turns it all the way around. Her crime, she's boy crazy, and she poured some soda on Jason. I think it was one of them full sugar sodas. It wasn't a diet soda. Jason Voorhees is a diet soda guy. What do you guys think? What's the verdict on this one? Guilty. Uh, definitely guilty. I would also like to add that this proves that Jason Voorhees is not a racist because, you know, Sissy is a black woman and a beautiful black woman at that. Jason doesn't see skin color. He just kills Moving on, 
Paula. She is killed off screen with a machete. Her crime, telling the girl Nancy that there was nothing to be afraid of. Cheery-eyed optimism has no place in these movies. What do you guys think? Guilty. Definitely guilty. Next, we got one of the deputies. He takes a knife through the forehead. His crime, thinking he's the law. Jason is the law around these parts, son. Don't you forget it. What you guys got on this one? Guilty. I'm going with guilty on this one, Bobby. Next up, we got another deputy. His head is crushed by Jason. His crime, daring to shoot at Jason. What do you guys think? Again, guilty. I'm going with guilty. Sheriff Garris, he is strangled. His crime, fighting Jason hand-to-hand, shooting Jason, also raising a very disrespectful daughter in Megan. What you guys got? Guilty. Definitely guilty. Finally, we got our boy Jason Voorhees. He is taken out with a rock around his neck and a motorboat propeller. His crime, he was just trying to rest in peace, yet some little dickhead had to come and resurrect him with a lightning rod. What you guys got on this one? Guilty or not guilty? Mm. I'm going not guilty. Not guilty. Not guilty. I mean, they all had it coming. Yeah, I mean, if somebody did that to me... (laughs) Right, right. I'm not bothering anybody. I'm letting maggots eat my face, you know, and and I'm just, I'm not bothering you. Don't bother me. So I'm going not guilty on that. Bobby, let me ask you something. Uh, What's the total kill count here? Yeah, so tallying it up, we got 18 total kills, including Jason Voorhees. The Lords of Horror have been appeased. The bloodthirst has been quenched. We all live to see another day. You guys, this was fun again. I hope to do this again in the future. I got to go get ready for my show. I also got a wicked deuce hanging out. I got to go take care of that. Did I say that on the radio? Yeah. You sure did say that on the radio. Well, anyway, I'm going to go take a deuce. I will see you guys later. Good seeing you guys. Well, Faith, there you have it. 18 total kills in the movie. The Lords of Horror have been appeased. The bloodthirst. I quenched. wonder if that's like a record for slasher movies for like one movie with kills. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure there's some with more. I, mean, I, I don't know. That's we, the most I feel like I can remember off the top of my head. Yeah, there is a lot. <laughs> and it doesn't even feel like that many. I know. They're so awesome and varied. I mean, this is just, this is a. This is a master class in slasher kills. This is great. So as we do here on the Late Night Fright, uh, I don't think this is going to be a long list here because we've, we've mentioned most of them. Favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, any favorites? What about kills? Of those kills, did you have a favorite? Ooh, I had all of them. <laughs> I really did, yeah. yeah like all said, of them. They're all kind of varied. They're, they're all unique, and I like them all. This movie is demented and twisted, and I love every single <laughs> demented, twisted moment of it. I'm so glad the Lords of Horror have been appeased. I'm so glad. So, Faith, uh, let's go back out to Gordon Cole, Deputy FBI Director here at the Home Office in Cozy Corner. He was working on an epic poem for us. Let's see how he's coming along with that. What do you think? Let's do it. All right. Gordon, what do you have for us? Hello, Dan and Faith. It is Gordon Cole again. I have been working on the epic poem. Unfortunately, it is not an epic poem. It is another haiku. I got very into this peach cobbler, and someone brought a French vanilla roast coffee. It has been a lot of sugar up here, but I did get to the task at hand, and I will read my epic haiku about Friday the 13th, part 6, Jason Lives to You Now. The poem is as follows. Lightning brought him back. 
He kills, 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 spills the blood. Tommy, it's your fault. You kids have a safe night. I will see you next time. Well, Faith, there you have it. You know, last time he gave us a haiku, there was like a philosophical bent to it. This time he just straight up assigned blame for the <laughs> for the predicament that all these characters find themselves in the movie. I can't say that I blame him. I don't either. That was was a, a, I like the haiku a lot. I like the haiku a lot, too. Yeah, well, he is a master of the form, and I'm glad that Gordon is a contributor now to the show, and he will be on many episodes in the future, as will our good friend Bobby. Bobby is back from his sabbatical. Faith, I had a really good time watching this movie. I had a really good time doing this show. I hope for all of you out there listening that our love of this movie has come through the show. We know this wasn't as long as we usually go, but it... It is what it is. Exactly. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, Faith, any final thoughts on Friday the 13th, Part 6? Jason lives. <laughs> I think I am good. What about you? I'm good. I think they need to do this as a stage musical. That's that's my only, that's that's the only thing I want to add to this. Well, okay. This is a great, great movie. It's a it lot really of fun. Is. If you like those old Universal movies, you'll love this movie. You'll catch a lot of the references and just a whole lot of fun. And I'm, I'm glad that it is regarded as highly as it is. I regard it very highly. Mm -hmm. I think you do, too, don't mm -hmm. you? I do. So, well, there you have it. Another one. Happy Friday the 13th to all of you out there. Be safe. You know, uh, are there any safeguards against these superstitions? I don't know. Hmm. Would have helped if I had looked that up beforehand. Probably so. Well... <laughs> Be careful. Don't walk under any ladders. Yeah. Don't break any mirrors. Watch out for black cats. And if a big guy in a hockey mask comes at you, go the other way. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we will see you. I'm doing it wrong. See, Friday the 13th. There it goes. There it, it is. Screwed up the, it screwed up the sign off. Let's try that again, shall we, Faith? Let's go for it. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we want you to keep, keep your, your monster, monster on a leash. leash. See you on the other side.